Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. Let's see what the buzz is. Oh, my. Here's an interesting quote we found a while ago on Forbes.com. We don't have any more information than that, but I think it will tell the story of our topic today. 79% of salespeople who use social media outsell their peers. Do the math. It's overwhelming. So what are we talking about? Well, I have a quote, another one from Malcolm Gladwell. Listen to this. Social selling is at a tipping point. What is that? Quote, that magic moment when an idea, trend, or social behavior crosses a threshold tips spreads like wildfire sorry to use the word wild word wildfire in this climate with what's going on in california but he meant well so what does this all mean for b2b sellers social selling is impacting how sales and marketing teams collaborate come on you know sales and marketing have to work together have to talk together how they do business how they engage with prospects and customers where are the people you need to buy your product your solution whatever it is you need to be where they are they are social you need to be there but As the technology grows and grows and gets better that supports these social platforms, it's changing, it's morphing, it's dynamic. What kinds of behaviors does a great social seller need to change along with it? It could be a moving target. We don't know. And that's why we've invited three experts on this topic. I have to tell you, this is part two of a topic called social selling at the tipping point. We did part one on our series, Changing the Game with Social Selling, back in July. The conversation was so good, I invited our panelists back to continue it here on Coffee Break in case you missed it. So let me tell you who they are, and then I will start the start talking with their them about their quotes. So first up, we're going to be welcoming Mario M. Martinez, Jr. Mario's no stranger to Game Changers Radio, his new title, CEO and founder of Vengresso, and he will tell us in a few minutes what they do. His colleague at Vengresso, Bryn Tillman, also a returning guest on Game Changers. She is the CLO, that's Chief Learning Officer at Vengresso, and learning is a key word for us today. And rounding out the panel, we couldn't do a show on social selling without Kirsten Boylow the head of social selling training and enablement at SAP, and she is the sponsor of the series I just mentioned, Changing the Game with Social Selling. So let's start off with Mario M. Martinez, and Mario has sent us a quote from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Come on, kids, you know Arnold Schwarzenegger, Austrian-American actor, producer, businessman, investor, movie star, author, philanthropist, activist, politician, and professional bodybuilder who holds dual U.S. and Austrian citizenship. He served two terms as the 38th governor of California not so long ago. Here's the quote Mario has selected. Just remember, you can't climb the ladder of success with your hands in your pockets. Mario Martinez, how are you? Welcome back. Bonnie, thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for having me, and I'm excited to be here with you. We are delighted. I think this is the first time we've ever had a Schwarzenegger quote, and I love the quote you picked. So first of all, where did you find this quote, Mario, and how does it apply to our topic on social selling at the tipping point, talking to companies about, are you there yet? How are you training your people? Are they changing with the technology? Are you a laggard? Are you proactive? Or are you reactive? We have a lot of things to talk about. So go ahead, Mario. How does the quote work for us today? Well, I cannot remember where I actually found the quote at, but <clears throat> nonetheless, uh, I, I, it, it, it's very applicable from a sales perspective as well as from just a pure business professional um, perspective. And uh, why is it so important? I, you know, just if you think about this from the perspective, of there's, there's a lot of folks out there in sales. Uh, last that I saw was that <clears throat> let, um, 80% of most salespeople do not make their quota. And you have to ask yourself why that is. And so I apologize, by the way, if you hear me swallowing, it's because I have a cold, Bonnie. Oh, sorry, Mario. It's going around. (laughs) It's going around. Everybody's got a little something. It's getting kind of brisk here down in North Carolina. So we'll forgive you for your swallowing, but please keep breathing. That's important, okay? That's what we ask. (laughs) Fair enough. Well, the the air quality doesn't help out here in California either. So, uh, but nonetheless, um, 
if you think about the, the idea behind how do I drive success, whether you're a salesperson, a marketing professional, you're just a business professional, business owner, it doesn't matter. You got to get your hands dirty and you got to get inside there and you got to roll your sleeves up and you got to do, you just can't expect it for it to be done. There are very few occasions where dumb luck just happens to people. <laughs> and in some cases it, it may happen, but it's because of hard work uh, that gets you to a spot where um, you are having success. And, and success is defined based upon whatever it is that you define as a success. Uh, and I think that's very important that people understand that, that what is success, and that is your personal definition. So um, point is, get your hands dirty, and we're going to hopefully have some uh, good conversation here that's going to help people get their hands dirty to be more effective in sales. Very interesting. Let me ask you a question, Mario, and thank you for that setup. Appreciate it. Question is, is it up to the individual salespeople or is it up to, let's say, like Kirsten is the head of social selling and enablement, is it up to the quote-unquote leader of that department, that division, that area, that mindset? Is it up to the CMO, the chief marketing officer? In terms of getting your hands dirty, is this a directive from the top or does this have to happen at the very grassroots individual level for each salesperson? What's your perspective? Great question. It has to happen at all levels, whether you're the janitor of the company that's helping to keep things, uh, a, a site uh, at a location healthy and good and ready for every, everybody able to work, to all the way to the folks that are at the top making the right decisions at the right time, to the individual sales folks who are actually generating revenue to pay for everybody's income. So it happens at all levels. But can you have success in a backwards organization? <clears throat> and when I say backwards organization, there could be an organization that's frailing. It could be an organization that's, that's uh, challenged in the industry from a revenue perspective, a, a, you know, not, doing, not reporting well for, to, from a Wall Street perspective. Yes, as an individual, you own a business within a business, and every single person, mm. doesn't matter whether you're the janitor, which is an important role, to a salesperson, which is an as important role, each person can control their own success, in my opinion, and can do what needs to be done to make their individual business a success. Thank you very much. A lot of really, really great points in there, Mario. I think there were a lot of quotable moments. I'm tweeting as fast as I can. Thank you very much. Uh, take a sip of water. You're, you sound fine, actually. And now let me turn to your colleague, the Chief Learning Officer at Ven Grasso. And learning is such a key word for our topic today. It's Bryn Tillman. And she is quoting Brian Fanzo. Bryn, I had no idea who he was. I looked him up and I got a hold of his LinkedIn profile. And Kirsten is saying, yes, Bonnie, we have to use LinkedIn more. And I am. He says he trained Translates the geek speak, millennial keynote speaker. Aha, uh-huh, he looked very young. Previously, cybersecurity and cloud technology evangelist. He is the founder and CEO of the letter I, lowercase, I Social Fans, F A N Z L L C. And their mantra is connect great people with great people to do great things. And he says he builds digital strategies for brands to reach millennial and Generation Z audiences, leveraging new media platforms. That's all I could find on him. He's a young one. Here's the quote Brian has selected from Brian Fanzo. Social does not take the place of a handshake, but it turns a handshake into a hug. We're going to move on to Kirsten. Kirsten, I'm going to move on to you when you have a quote from an old-timer, Thomas Edison, 1847 to 1931. Let me read the quote, and you can tell us what it means for our topic. There's a way to do it better. Find it. Kirsten Boyleau, welcome. How are you? I am well, Bonnie. Thank you. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for asking. We're all going, I think it's the weather, Kirsten. What's it doing up there in Canada today? Oh, it's beautifully sunny. It was about 10 degrees, which is, um, I think, around 50 degrees uh, Fahrenheit um, when I was on my way in this morning. So. So tell me about your quote. This sounds to me like a, okay, kids, let's get the job done. There's a way to do it better. Find it. Is this something that the CMO would say to the social selling people, say to the salespeople who are being maybe laggards? Kirsten, I think that's one of your words in your notes. Maybe reactive, maybe, ah, come on, Bob, do we really have to? And Edison is saying way back in the day, find it. So what's your perspective on this? Well, I actually wanted, I was so excited to hear what Bryn's uh, take on that, on her quote was, so I I hope she comes back soon. Um, But I really just, I looked at this quote and thought, this is how anyone can move forward. Um, This is how they can take it, take whatever it is that they're working on, no matter whether it's social selling or sales or marketing or, um, you know, operations or whatever it is, there's always a better way to do something. Um, there's 
little tweaks that can, that can happen that um, will just make the overall outcome better. And I think that we all need to be thinking in, in you know, putting ourselves into that kind of mindset. There's always a better way to do something. Figure it out. Find it. And it, and it also, to me, it implies an activity. To, you know, to go back to what, um, what Mario was saying about, you know, get your hands dirty. You know, do something. You really need to, uh, you can't climb the ladder of success with your, your hands in your pocket. It, it, you have to be active. You have to be, um, you know, looking for those things, trying new things. And, and, you know, trying new things also means that there's a potential for failure. But fail fast and fail often. I'm not sure where that quote comes from, but I've heard it many times. Um, I say it all the time here when we talk about design <laughs> thinking. So you're in good company. Go ahead. Um, that, you know, you need to, you need to be um, always actively looking for better ways to do something so that uh, you can continually grow and expand and, and have um, good business impact. Thank you very much. And your quote, Brian Fanzo. I don't know if you heard my introduction of who he is. He's I the did. CEO. I heard the whole thing, which is good. Great. I'm glad. I hope I did my homework well. Bryn Social does not take the place of a handshake, and here's where I left it. But it turns a handshake into a hug. Aw, let's go with the awe. Bryn, welcome officially, and tell us what in the world does this mean? Thanks, Bonnie. Oh, so I am obsessed with this quote right now because it is so true, and I experience it all the time. So, you mm. know, in-person meetings making sure that you are out there networking and, and shaking hands and, and meeting people is still vital. Social is not taking the place of that. But what it does do when you start to build relationships pre-meeting people, it turns that initial handshake into a hug. So, you know, Vangresso, for example, I mean, half of the people that I partnered with I hadn't met before we had decided to partner. You know, we met when Mario brought us all together for the first time. Really? And I knew them all intimately. They were all really important people in my life. And so there was, by far was not going to be shaking hands when I met them, but I knew them because of social. I knew them because of conversations that we had been having, because of content I saw them sharing. And, and social really made those relationships real. And so by the time I met them, there was no initial handshake. It was a hug. Wow. Very, 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 very telling. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, Brynn. And we're, we're glad you were able to come back. So I love that quote, by the way. Um, I don't know how young this Brian Fanzo is, but he looks, looks like a little kid and he certainly is smart. That was a, a great quote. And you know what I like about that quote, Brynn? There's a, such a human emotional element to it. Hug. We don't talk about hugs when we talk about selling. Do we really, Brynn? This is something that's just not, okay, establish a relationship, add value, give them something they don't know, and make sure you close the sale and, and keep up with them. But we don't talk about hugging. So is that something that's a, a new approach? Is that a millennial approach to social, the concept of turning a handshake into a hug? What's your, your POV on that? Well, so I love that. And, and, you know, it's obviously not going to happen every time you connect with someone on LinkedIn. When you meet them, you're going to give them a hug. But uh, it really, the, the bottom line is these are relationships at, yeah. at, at all sorts of levels. And in, in, there are some relationships that grow faster than others, and, and they may end up to be partners. They don't all, or it's not always about selling. It's about, you know, strategic alliances and referral partners and lots of other things that can come out of these relationships. Um, but... You know, at the at the end of all of it, there's a person at the other side of these LinkedIn connections. At these, you know, every Twitter handle has a human being at the other side. So, you know, we want to make sure we're connecting with people like they're people, and that we treat. I treat LinkedIn as if it were an in-person networking meeting, uh, and mm-hmm. a lot of the things that that we at Vangresso talk about really relate back to like having a photo on LinkedIn. You don't have one on LinkedIn. It's like walking walking into a networking meeting with a paper bag on your head. Like, <laughs> so very true. a lot of what we teach relates back to like real life experiences because they are. Thank you, Bryn. Great perspective. And, and Mario, I'm going to go around the table back to you. It's time for us to get a little up close and personal. But Mario, I have to ask you because of this, I, I love the learning in Bryn's title and the teachable moment here is Bryn said she had never met any of you. You called the people together. They had known each other through social and you said, let's start a company called Vengresso. I'd love to get the backstory of this, Mario, just about a, a, a two minutes if you could and tell us 
How did you decide that you needed the company? How did you pick the people? How did you use social to gather them around, whether it was a physical table or a virtual table, and turn a handshake into, I assume, a hug to get all these brilliant people together? Mario, give us a little story here, okay? Yeah, thank you, Bonnie. Um, so I think, I think Bryn said about half of the folks that she had never met before, but she knew them from a social relationship, and <clears throat> that was true of my relationship as well with um, some of the folks that in some cases I had actually uh, never met them in person. But mm-hmm. because we became friends through social and we saw each other's work, we knew the type of work that they could output and they could create, and we knew that they were influencers. And, you know, you could see them on the list. You can see them in terms of some of their activities, speaking engagements, et cetera. So that was true for actually everybody. Uh, there was at least one person that somebody actually had never met before in person. Uh, so what was the idea behind Vingresso? First of all, we are the digital sales transformation company. If you look mm-hmm. at our collective <clears throat> combined power, we actually have trained uh, more salespeople in social selling than uh, any other um, training organization. Uh, but one thing that was very important, and this is very important for the listeners to understand, is that we were not just a social selling training company. In fact, I've, I've talked about this. We may talk about this later, but I said it on another show. I think the term social selling will be dead in two years. It'll just be called selling. So mm-hmm. social is uh, something really part of something bigger, and that's digital. And that digital selling, that is. Um, and so when you think about why we started Ingresso, it was with the idea that we needed to solve two major problems that were happening in the industry. One, that uh, salespeople needed to understand how to leverage alternative channels to be able to attract their targeted audience. And two, we needed to help marketing deliver the right pieces of content that helps sales have those targeted conversations with the right buyer persona type. And those are two fundamental, very big, big, big problems in, in our industry today. So the whole idea was is that we were influencers, and as an influencer, maybe we had a small business, maybe we were an individual consultant. You only could do so much with yourself. And we had no leverage and no scale. And for those of you in my background, I came formerly from sales for after um, 18 years. And I, my last stop was a VP of sales for a software collaboration company. And Bonnie, I don't know about you, but I didn't come into being a consultant just to make uh, just this little bit much dollars and cents because I could only sell my time so much. I, I started my own company so that I could actually grow it into something much larger. And that actually was the reason why Every single person wanted to join. There were three fundamental things that we, that we all had in common, <clears throat> and it was understanding those things. Number one, we had no scale as individuals or small businesses. Number two, we had no leverage. If we wanted to add somebody on to our, organiza- uh, to our organization to help out, project management as an example, we had to pay for that. So we had no leverage uh, to be able to, to increase our, the amount of resources we need. And number three, we all wanted to do something much, much bigger than what we were doing. And so by thinking of those three common business problems, and this is a very important lesson here, every sales opportunity that we, we sell into, regardless of what the segment is, you're always looking to understand what is the business problem you're trying to solve for. Mm-hmm. And after five months of negotiations with seven different lawyers, <laughs> oh dear, you, it was crazy. It was crazy. Uh, we, did, we decided to uh, form Vingresso, and it has been an amazing ride to uh, bring everybody together. Um, lots of um, great relationships that have been built, and we're all really clicking and clicking very, very well. I love it. Thank you so much for the backstory. And now we need to know where are you calling from? You know the usual. And what's in your cup today, Mario? Or what are you dreaming about drinking? Give me, give me a real story here. I know you've been on so many times on Game Changers Radio. Do you have a new drink you want to share with us? I wish I did. I wish I did. It's the same. Well, not, I don't know if it's the same. Well, one time it was water. One time it was something else. My wife made me some concoction. This time it actually is just the good old-fashioned Trader Joe's herbal tea. That's it. That's what I'm drinking. And by the way, I am out of San Francisco Bay Area, the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area, which, uh, boy, I hope these fires stop soon. <laughs> Kirsten, where are you? I think you said you're you're, uh, you're in Waterloo today. And what I are you am, drinking? Yep. Uh, well, yes, I'm in, in beautiful Waterloo, uh, Canada today. And um, I'm actually celebrating something I thought I'd share with you. I'm sharing, yes. I'm celebrating my 20th wedding anniversary today. <gasps> I've been sitting in my office at work, but <laughs> at the moment. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. What is the, how do you celebrate the 20th <laughs> wedding anniversary? It's not paper. It's not gold. What is it? 
What's what's the the gift no for idea. Tw- <laughs> I'm going to find out in a minute if you give me a second here. By the way, is Bryn back? Bryn, do we have you? Oh, it's Kirsten. Get ready. It's roses dipped in platinum. Oh, interesting. Did you know that? <laughs> yep, it's the gift <laughs> rose platinum covered. And if you go to the website Romance Her. Dot com. They talk about it, and anniversary.us talks about it. Uh, anniversariesbyyear.com oh. talks about it. Thespruce.com, anniversaryideas.com. You and you and your husband need to go check out these websites and figure <laughs> out what you're going to do because this is an eternity uh, yes, rose. Well, I will be celebrating with a, hopefully a, a nice bottle of wine later on. But right now, I've got some lemon green tea in my cup, and I actually have three drinks in front of me: water and a um, fat flushing smoothie. So, ooh, I like that. That sounds delicious. Okay, so you've got your instructions for your. You have to go research this twentieth anniversary. Bryn, do we have you back yet? Bryn, 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 calling Bryn Tillman. Not yet. Okay, Bryn is having some issues with her phone line. We'll have to find out later what she's got in her cup today. So we're just Mario. Why don't you just fill in the blank here? Vingresso, V E N G R E S O. What does it mean? <laughs> Great question. So Vingresso actually is a mashup. Uh, we spent a lot of time, every English word you could possibly think of and every .com is taken. So <clears throat> we had to go to alternative languages. And if you think of ventas, which is uh, a Spanish word for sales, and ingresos, which is a Spanish word for revenue, and mash those two words up together, it becomes vengreso. So sales and revenue uh, are the two root words in Spanish, ventas and ingresos. Thank you very much. I love that authenticity. Bryn, are you back, my dear? I am, and I know I'm on a cell phone because my landline apparently isn't working well. Okay, good. So we were, we were up to where are you calling from and what are you drinking today? Awesome. So I'm calling from the Philadelphia area. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I am drinking, which has been my obsession for about five or six months now, Apple Hint. Apple What is that? Apple Hint. So it is a water that has a slight, well, they have lots of different flavors, but it's a slight hint of apple flavoring into the water, so it makes me want to drink it all the time. Interesting. And I have the website. It's Crisp Apple Hint with a, a trademark, water. You can get a case of 12, and it says, so much better than a sugary drink, totally quenches my thirst, but still has flavor to keep me drinking it. That is from a fan. Very, very interesting. Never heard of it. And thank you. We love to get new drinks here. It has zero calories, zero preservatives. It's vegan gluten-free, kosher, no GMOs, and it has uh, zero diet sweeteners and zero calories. Well, what else could you ask for? Bryn, thank you. I'm glad your phone is behaving itself. And I have to, we're going to go to break now, but I have to do a shout out to our good friend, Karen Geraldo. Karen did a little research for us behind the scenes as she's at K, the letter K, Geraldo 24. And she says, Brian Fanzo is mid-30s and was a pioneer on Periscope promoting to. Thank you, Karen. Appreciate that. And we also had some tweets here from somebody named Social Oleo, Social Oleo Express. I see a smiling face here on his picture. And to everybody, if you're going to tweet, put a little picture of you, not your dog or your cat. Put a little picture of you so we can see who you are when we see you on Twitter. We are tweeting a lot, at least I am, at hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I am only allowed to drink water on radio show days, but I was at a neighbor's coffee an hour ago down the block, and I did have a little bit of caffeine. Maybe you can't tell. We'll just keep that a secret. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. If you're counting, Kirsten, I have to tell you this. This is episode number 299 of Coffee Break Radio. So I don't know. We're going to have to do a celebration next week when I do 300, whoever's on the show. Our topic is social selling at the tipping point. Part two, we have Mario M. Martinez, Jr. and Bryn Tillman from Vengresso. And we have Kirsten Boylo at SAP. And I'm still going to be Bonnie after the break. So let's let you all have a sip of something refreshing. 90 seconds. We'll be back. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. Aaron out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com follow the voice america talk radio network on twitter we're at voice america trn you'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and general happenings that you should know about at the voice america talk radio network now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office just go to twitter.com forward slash voice america trn or follow along with us at voice america trn the voice america talk radio network we're on the cutting edge of social media can you keep up when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Indeed, here we are in episode number 299 and counting. My special guests today are Mario M. Martinez, Jr., MMM, and Bryn Tillman from Vengresso, and Kirsten Boylo from Social Selling. She's the head of this at SAP, and I have to give a word of warning to our listeners. According to Mario a few minutes ago, if you're just tuning in, he said the term social selling will be dead in two years. We won't say the word social. We'll just say selling, and everybody will know that that's what it means because that's where it's heading. So thank you for that mantra there. A little ahead of our prediction segment, Mario, but I love it. Now we can tweet it. So Mario says, I'm looking at his notes from before the show, and we're going to start with a very provocative topic. He says, the modern buyer requires a modern seller. So Mario, I want you to explain this, but let's talk about B2B. And if you want to put a little hint of B2C in there, that might not hurt either. So go ahead, Mario. The modern buyer requires a modern seller. What does this mean? Thanks, Bonnie. Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about this concept, um, you think about the the uh, taxi industry. Many people think about uh, Uber as an example. It's putting out the taxi industry, Uber or Lyft. But I would challenge people's thinking and say, well, Uber didn't, and Lyft didn't put out the taxi uh, in business. It was the taxi industry that didn't respond to the growing demands of the buying community to say, hey, I don't want tethered or metered uh, rates anymore. I want to know exactly what I'm going to pay from here to here. And the, and, and, and the taxi industry has still, in most cases, not responded. You think about Blockbuster. Blockbuster didn't go out of business because of Netflix. Blockbuster went out of business because the buying community said, no more late fees and no more you telling me how long I can keep a movie for. Whereas Netflix came out and said, you can have it for as long as you want it. Just pay a single uh, fee per month. So when we think about these trends and changes that have happened, what is clear in the industry, whether you're talking about Blockbuster, whether you're talking about the taxi industry, is that the modern buyer has identified to the provider of a particular service how they want to buy. And that is exactly the time that we are living in at this moment right now where the modern buyer is essentially requiring a modern seller to become more astute on how to sell and engage with them. No longer are the days that you're going to be able to make a phone call into someone's organization and still get them live. Those stats are so diluted and so far down the path. I'm not saying it's dead, but what we are saying is that we have to change. The buyers are demanding that we change. I mean, think about this particular st- statement, the modern buyer requires a modern seller. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was a keynote speaker at a particular event, and I received in advance, the, 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 the list of registrants went out uh, to all the vendors who were exhibiting. I received um, a multitude of emails trying to solicit me to come and talk with them, and this particular one caught my interest. The sales rep sent me a note saying, hey, Mario, 
uh, I'm looking forward to meeting everybody at the event, and I'm particularly looking forward to so and so and such and such as a speaker. Now I know we're all going to be busy, but I'd like to set up an appointment as if, since you're an attendee for you to come and visit at our booth. And I replied back to him, "I'm the keynote speaker of the event. Too bad you're not <laughs> looking forward to seeing me speak." <laughs> <laughs> was I, we had some good laughs at this because he, he found me at the conference and he said, I totally screwed up. I, I totally screwed up. And my, my last yeah. message to him was, the modern buyer requires a modern seller. You should have known, Mr. Seller, that I was out there evangelizing all over our channels, company channels, my channels, that I was speaking to try to help drum up registrants for the, uh, for the conference provider, right? And he had no clue. And, and he, he found me and he said, you know what? I said, why didn't you respond? He said, because I totally screwed up. <laughs> I was yeah. embarrassed. And, and, wow. and, and that's, that's my point is, is so much data is available, whether it's about the individual who's being social or the company is being social or even using digital techniques. Another great story I have, and I hope I'm not on my two minutes, but I actually um, started selling into the NFL. And we landed um, a, a new NFL customer, not because I was prospecting over there, well, it was because when I was training another NFL team, the sales manager took a picture of me training his sales team, put it on LinkedIn. The director <laughs> of that NFL organization liked it. The vice president of another NFL club was connected to that director. He saw the picture. He looked at my profile. I then engaged with him. He liked the picture, and then I reached out and connected with him. And then I said, and then he said, I'd love to know what you did with the other NFL club. And so we set up a call. <laughs> Subsequently, right after that, I sent a, um, a, video, uh, a video message, I sent a text, I sent, we did a video call, we did a conference call, and we also um, engaged through social. So it was at least five different ways that I engaged with him over the course of seven months, and guess what, Bonnie? After seven you months, got him. five you different got him. ways of engaging, we closed the deal. So wow. the, the, the buyer, it's so much more complex today, and I hate to say that, but it is true. The but Mario, there, Whether it's, it's social or digital. It sounds like it's fun and it's exciting and it's not, oh boy, I got to make five more phone calls. I wonder whose admin will let me through to talk to the big boss today. Yeah, well, I know her birthday. Maybe she'll be nice to me. You're talking about stuff that's exciting. You said video calls, video messages, and reconnecting and sharing pictures. You have escalated, elevated this, Mario, to a level, to me, of excitement. And, and we hear, and Kirsten can, can corroborate this, I think, you hear probably Kirsten, when you're training people, say, oh, boy, how many hours a week do I have to put into learning social? Mm-hmm. How many hours a day is it going to take me? What do I have to do? I need more than 12 minutes a day on LinkedIn. Kirsten, you must hear this all the time, or at least I, I think we used to. And now Mario oh, saying, sure. this is cool stuff. Mario, cool, K-E-W-L. Kirsten, talk to me. Mario's case study, what do you think? Is it all, all something that you train people in, the, the possibilities, the excitement? Go ahead. Oh yeah, I think you know there are so and it, and it's that his his case study is really only one way that that can happen. I mean, um, it it's it's maybe perhaps not as common, but um, someone uh, you know say um, an HR person posting that they are looking for a new HR uh, solution for their talent development in their in the uh, and they're a small medium enterprise in the entertainment industry. Right, so they're, you know, they're posting out this this out to their peers, and they're asking for uh, for input. Um, and if our sales reps, or if, if your sales reps, if you're selling that product, aren't there and ready and watching for that kind of dialogue to happen, um, there is so much that they can be missing out on. Um, and I and I think that those kinds of things they do happen, and and I I have actually seen evidence of it happening, and um, you know lots of people comment, which because it, that's the purpose of it, right? People are trying to engage in conversation, and and people want to be helpful. They you know they want to share their experiences with with their own solutions that they've got in house, and they and they share that. But if a sales rep can't be there and say, hey, you know what? Um, I would love to talk to you about the solutions that we have to offer. We focus on the on the entertainment industry and this is what we you know there's a customer testimonial you know that kind of thing if they can't share that immediately when somebody asks that very direct buying question um, you know they're totally missing the boat and, and they if they're not 
you know, the, the, that's an example of the modern buyer is out there sourcing information from their network, from their social digital networks. And, uh, and the modern seller needs to be there and be um, ready to take action on those, uh, those buying signals. Thank you. Buying signals. Very, very, very important what you just said. Buying signals. Bryn, rumor has it you couldn't hear me before and now you're back. So talk to me. I am back, yeah. So uh, is the question still around the modern seller and buyer? Is that where we are? Yeah, we're talking about Mario's case study about how he connected with uh, some NFL teams who saw a picture he posted on LinkedIn. So what's your take on that? We'd love to get your POV. Yeah, well, I mean, I obviously completely align with Mario. And, you know, what we see is the buyer's journey has changed. The buyers are self-educators. They're out there researching. And they're, they're gathering as much information. In fact, um, CEB has, has said that you know, 57% of the buying decision is made before the vendor, the seller, even knows that they're in the market. Where back in the day, if they wanted any information, there was no place to Google. There was no Internet. There was not even email when I started in, in sales, not to give mm-hmm. away my, my age too much. But, it's okay, dear. <laughs> The only way that they could get information was to call me, right? And I had to talk to them and mail them something, right? So so we don't have that now. We don't have that insight. So we, as the modern seller, need to be the one that's influencing that buyer when they're Googling that our content is coming up, that our messaging is coming up, that we are influencing the decision-making process. And that we are at least one of the vendors that they call when they are ready to, to start having those conversations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Bryn. Very interesting. I remember back in the day when I was working as a marketing director for a software company on Long Island, and uh, we got a pitch, from, many pitches from business magazines, industry magazines, uh, asking us to run ads. And the question was, how often should we post the ads? Should we go take one a month? Should we take a half a page? And I kept saying to my, my CEO I'd known for years through another company we both worked at, and I said, it's got to be top of mind. You have This is way before social selling. It has to be top of mind. When they think of XYZ solution or problem, with this, where are they going to find a solution? They have to say, ah, I saw an ad from this company, and they're the ones we want to call first or put on our top three or top five list. So we were thinking about where do you need to be? This is way back in the day before we had the option of doing it on LinkedIn and social. So I'm just going to throw out, Kirsten knows my favorite French phrase, plus I change, plus la même chose. The more things change, the more they stay the same. And by the way, I have to do a shout out to Maribel Lopez. I hope you're listening, Maribel. She is retweeting some of our quotes I'm uh, I'm using here from Mario. So thank you, Maribel. Nice to see you here at hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Uh, Mario, any quick comments? I want to move on. We have a lot to do in the next uh, 15 minutes. But Mario, any quick comments on what Kirsten and Bryn added to your point about modern buyers need modern sellers? Well, I guess the last thing I would say is, is that what we're talking about here, Bonnie, is not pie in the sky. And it's not something that we just conjured up ourselves and say these are best practices. If you think about uh, Charlene Lee, she's a principal analyst at the Alternative, excuse me, Altimeter Group. Um, and one of the things she wrote in the, a report called The Transformation of Selling, How Digital Enables Seamless Selling, she wrote, selling must transform because the way customers buy has changed. If you look at uh, Forrester, um, Mary Shia, uh, in the report she wrote, B2B buyers make the case for better marketing and sales alignment. She said, your buyers want contextual interactions with both humans and digital assets across a holistic but non-linear journey. And by and large, they want their experience with the salespeople to be high value or frictionless. So I guess for those that are listening, I would say is, is this is not just you know, a digital sales transformation company and or a uh, social selling leader like Kirsten um, who's training these types of tactics inside of organization, albeit SAP, uh, saying these things. This is the, the marketplace, and these are the research mm-hmm. companies that are saying, sales leaders, wake up. Salespeople, wake up. Get your hands dirty. Selling has changed, and it has transformed, and we have to transform with the buyer. Otherwise, we will be like Blockbuster or we'll be like the taxi industry. 
There you go. Yeah, big debate about taxi industry. They're taking a hit. People's entire fortunes, families, legacies, uh, ways of living are all based on having been able to drive yellow. And the the uh, ride hailing ride hailing services and ride share have just upended that. There's there's some very sad stories on the other side of that, but they they saw it coming. And they weren't able to respond and to go with the flow. So we'll just leave that one alone. But I uh, I have some insights coming from New York on that one. So Bryn Tillman, I hope you're still with us. Bryn, let's do a little uh, how-to here. We don't typically do that on the show, but you have some interesting things here in your notes about prospecting on the free version of LinkedIn. You want to give us a couple of tips here, Bryn, please? Absolutely. So um, obviously there are many versions of LinkedIn. There's free and there's sales navigator. And a lot of people will say, well, is the free, can you get anything from that? What's the benefit? And when it comes to selling, prospecting for me is foremost, uh, the most important element to teach across sales organizations is how do you fill that top of the, the pipeline? And of course the entire sales process is important, but most will come and say, you know, we need more opportunities. How do we get them? Well, you can find your prospects if you're selling B2B on LinkedIn pretty simply. Um, with, with traditional Boolean searches, which is really a mathematical formula to uh, provide that, that provides you a list of exactly the right people that you want to be targeting, and once you can get that down, which are like and, ors, and not search strings, and you start to find, really identify those, those particular people that you want to meet, there is a filter that's second degree. So that filter, once you click on that, that will show you a list of your ideal prospects and targeted buyers that are connected to one of your connections. It's a friend of a friend. And so to be able to leverage that to get warm introductions by identifying who in your network can help you gain access, to some of those targeted buyers is game-changing. You know, I used to sit across from a client staring at a Rolodex thinking, man, if I get a hold of this Rolodex, I'd be able to identify who he knew that I wanted to meet, ask for introductions, I'd never have to make a cold call again. Well, that's what we have. We have this online Rolodex. We can search and filter our connections, connections. So if you're going out to a client, you can take this ideal search string, which, by the way, if you go to com slash blog, you can blog, you can see that we have search string blogs that can teach you how to create those. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you do that, you go into a, a, a strategic alliance or you go into a client profile, search their connections by your ideal prospect, and you can literally have uh, a view into their Rolodex, into their connections to see who they know that you want to meet. And start leveraging those relationships for warm introductions. Thank you very much. You, you had a lot of key points in there. Kirsten, you do this all the time. Anything you want to agree with or embellish or add on to what Bryn shared with us, please? No, Bryn's, Bryn's, done, a, Bryn, Bryn's done a great job of... She's smiling, um, too. <laughs> ...of putting together, of, you know, kind of outlining how you can uh, leverage networks. Um, and I think that that's a really important point is that... Uh, you know, um, what's, what am I trying to say here? When people get that uh, introduction to another person, um, th- those, those um, introductions are so, so powerful because um, people are leveraging a trusted relationship to be able to um, access someone. And so they're not going to do it lightly. They're not going to make an introduction if they really don't feel that there's value in what you have to, to share with, with, the, um, with the, the target contact. And, and so, you know, you really have to, if you can leverage those things and make those things happen for yourself by <clears throat> utilizing the, the, the networking abilities on um, on LinkedIn, you can really, really uh, be very, very impactful in terms of getting those meetings and turning those handshakes into hugs and, you know, building those relationships with people. Thank you very much. Mario, love to get your two cents worth really quick because I want to go to something here. We just about four minutes until we start our predictions round, but I have something I want to talk to Kirsten about. So, Mario, quick thoughts? 
Uh, I'm going to say I have no further thoughts on the matter. Can you believe that? Uh, Bryn and, and Kirsten covered everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you, sir. And Kirsten, let's let's tackle this one in your notes here. You say, well, first of all, you say companies that are social selling laggards risk the customer being fed up or the prospect being fed up with social selling done wrong. That's a topic for a whole other show, Kirsten. But the one I want to talk about is there are choices to be made. Choices. Getting those choices right is critical. And you say, does a company build an in-house social program? Do you contract it out? You say there are pros and cons to both. Can you give us just a little bit of, of weighing in on either side of that, Kirsten? Well, sure. So um, for, for companies that, that are looking to build a social selling program, there's, there's all kinds of things that you need to think about, right? Um, so an in-house program is, um, sure, it's convenient. You have control over the messaging. You have control over um, how it gets rolled out. You have control over the costs. Um, generally, because you you know you set aside a budget, and um, and that budget, it, you know, once it gets used up, they have to you know be very <laughs> um, innovative in how they they do their activities and, and make the impact. Um, it means that you you know you, you you build a team, you build the expertise inside. There are potentially um, uh, pitfalls to that because if if the if the team gets too inwardly focused, uh, they may um, lose the um, the outside in view as to you know the changes and developments in um, in the way that uh, a social selling is being evolved, um, how the platforms work, and all that kind of stuff, and making sure that um, they're they're not missing out on some of those things. Um, there's also then then you also have to remember that. Then you've got this team that is sitting there, and and if they once they've rolled out social selling, what's their next task? Right, you know, you have to find something else for them to do. So that's that's potentially a way. Now, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that's the case here particularly, but that's you know that's a potential pitfall that some other companies that maybe are a bit smaller, where um, you only have a few hundred reps that you need to train, that might not be something that's going to be a viable option for them. Whereas um, on the contract, you know, contracting it out, there, uh, you know, there's a, a there's some pros to that in that you, you know, you leave it all to them. It's it becomes part of, um, mm-hmm. you know, the the contract that you've created, and uh, you know, they they're they've got all the expertise, and they bring it all in house, and they and they share it with you, and and they've got that fresh uh, perspective. Um, there's a few pitfalls to that, though, too, is that, you know, they don't know your business as intimately as you do and, and as your mm-hmm. people do. So there may be some confusion and, and, and learnings that need to happen to make um, that make sense for everyone. And um, and then another uh, potential is that, um, you know, they uh, perhaps it is, it's not as effective and as you would like it to be. And and then, you mm-hmm. you know, you're having to, to negotiate with an external uh piece uh, of your company or an external um, contractor to try and make sure that that impact happens. Whereas, you know, with the internal piece, you know, <laughs> this is their job and that's what they have to do is, is actually have that impact. And so you have, they have to make it happen no matter what. So it's, there's, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's pros and cons to both. I mean, it, it, it could, it really depends on the individual situation of the company that's, that's um, trying to roll this out. Do they want to um, kind of wash their hands of it and let someone else take over and, and really, um, you know, bring in that fresh perspective? Or do they really want to have control over the messaging, control over the way it's rolled out, and, um, and leverage their internal resources? It really is, it depends on the, uh, on the individual uh, organization for sure. Thank you, Kirsten. You know what? We are technically, oh, we're already a minute into our deep into our predictions round. Kirsten, I'm going to start with you. Why don't you give us your prediction? I'll give you a whole whopping 60 seconds. What do you say will happen to this world? Mario already predicted early in the show today that the term social selling will be D-E-A-D and we'll just say selling and everybody will know we mean social. So, Kirsten, 60 seconds. You don't have to agree or disagree with that, but give me your prediction in just 60 seconds. Go. I I absolutely would agree with with Mario that the you know the term social selling will become and it's already you can hear rumblings of it in the in the you know different conversations that I'm having um, you know we, we really shouldn't be calling it social selling anymore because it's a bit of a misnomer and maybe we should be calling it digital selling and mm. and um, it, <laughs> and but then I'm kind of like well how really how different really is it than than selling 
because it's really just a different platform that you're using to build relationships. Um, and so there, there, there's a little bit of that, but I'd also would say that um, people are going to um, the the whole vulnerability piece around you know putting themselves out there and being part of the the, the social networks and 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 sharing and building relationships. Um, people are going to really grab hold of that, and uh, and I think we're like I said, you know, we're at that tipping point now, and and so you know, two years from now, it'll. It will just be part of everything that we do on a daily basis as a sales uh, person. Thank you very much, Mario. Well, you know what? Bryn had some drop-offs with her phone. We're going to Mario. I'll save you for last. Bryn, sixty seconds. I'd love to have your prediction. Go. Uh, so I think the biggest, newest thing are sales tools that deliver video and content via rep-specific landing pages that can track customer engagement and reports back insights to the sales rep offering like complete visibility into what content your prospects are consuming and how long they're consuming it. Tools like LinkedIn, Point Drive, and like OneMob are two platforms that are delivering this now, but I see this trend growing significantly over the next two years. Thank you very much. Brief and to the point. Mr. Mario M. Martinez, Jr., I saved 60 seconds for you. That's all we've got. They're all yours. Go ahead. I cannot disagree with what Bryn said, and I definitely do not disagree with, uh, with uh, what Kirsten said. I would say uh, my prediction is that um, more and more sales leaders will begin to look for in sales talent whether or not they have a digital sales skill set. And I, I talk about this a lot, and it's the modern salesperson thinking like a digital marketer but acting like a salesperson. And those two qualities and those two um, components are very much required in today's modern seller. You have to think about what will attract my buyer. If I send them a 60-second video, what are the things I need to say right up front to get them, keep them watching? If I put this social post out there, should I just share it with the title of the article, or should I say something that's going to engage my audience? So you have to start thinking like a digital marketer uh, and, uh, and, and then continually acting, acting like a salesperson. Thank you very much. And I have to do a shout out to Kurt Shaver, who also works with Bryn and Mario. He was had to evacuate because of the fires in California. I understand he's back in the office working. And Kurt, we hope you and your family are safe, as well as everybody we all know who are in the we're in the path and we hope the fires are stopped soon. Just another natural disaster we're dealing with, but we are sending a handshake and a hug, right, Bryn? We're sending that hug out to everybody. So I want to thank my three wonderful guests, Mario. Martinez Jr., Bryn Tillman at Vingresso, Kirsten Boylow, thank you so much. Shout out also to Bernie Borges at Vingresso, who did a little background work helping us set up this episode. Kirsten, I am counting on you renewing your series, Changing the Game with Social Selling for 2018, so I know we'll have a lot more of these very exciting conversations next year. Appreciate your being here with us. Shout out to Karen Geraldo and uh, Maribel Lopez and Real Calvin H., whoever you are. Thank you for tweeting. Look at the tweets. Hashtag SAP Radio. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thanks for listening. Go out and here, here's my call to action. Wait, wait, wait. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Mario, just like Bryn, just like Kirsten. Have a great one, Aaron. Thanks for being our engineer extraordinaire. Talk to you tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern here on the Business Channel with a new episode of Changing the Game in Life Sciences. What a great topic we have for you. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.